do you want me to give the answer that I always give? Or do you want the answer that I have ADHD and I need multiple projects going on? Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast driving you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today I'm joined by Michelle Hanson, who's the co-founder of Geocodio, a SaaS business that provides geocoding and data matching for addresses, co-host of the fantastic podcast Software Social, and author of the book Deploy Empathy, which is all about how to do great customer interviews. We cover a load of ground in this short episode, including how to write a book, building in public, and mental health as a founder, along with some concrete tips on how exactly you can do customer research. On the topic of mental health, one thing that has helped me immensely over the past few years is being part of a community of people that understand me and what I'm going through as a founder. That community, of course, is Ramen Club, longtime supporter of the pod. And if you listened to the show before, you'll likely have heard me talk about this, but for good reason. This community is the most active and friendly community I've been on. We've got a ton of co-working events, including new in-person sessions in London every Tuesday, discounts, in-house mentors for marketing, finance, and much more. So if you want to join me and my friends at Ramen Club to help get your startup to Ramen profitability and beyond, head to ramenclub.so and use code IndieBytes to get 50% off your first month. Links are in the show notes. Let's get into this episode. Michelle, welcome to the pod. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, James. Excited to be here. Well, this has been a long time coming. Uh, last year, you did a podcast tour. How did that go? Like, what was it like trying to pitch yourself to go on a bunch of pods after your launch and then repeatedly talking about the same thing? Did it get tiring? Was it useful? Did you get benefit out of it? I think the great thing about building or writing in public is that you've got a group of people who are cheering for you and want to help. And yeah. so when my co-host Colleen challenged me to be on 20 podcasts to support and market the book, I kind of put that out in the world and people helped me and connected me to shows or reached out and asked me to be on their show. And I didn't pitch myself to be on any shows, quite frankly. Everybody else did the pitching or reaching out for me. That's awesome. So I'm interested in your view on this building in public, actually, because I speak to a lot of people who have found a lot of success from doing it, from being so open. But more and more, I'm discovering people who have started to see the bad side of it, of feeling like maybe I'm a bit too open. It's detrimental. People are copying features because you're being so open. I think building in public is a tool like any other and it mm. makes sense for some businesses and some creators and not for others in the same way that getting funding makes sense for some businesses and doesn't make sense for others. I think, you know, for me, writing in public made a lot of sense with the book because the core audience of my book was people I was already hanging out with on Twitter and various conference slacks in the, in the first place, right? Like those were people I was writing the book for. And so it really made sense to do it in public as a newsletter. But on the other side, we don't build in public at all for Geocodio and we never have. So I think it's a, it's a situational thing. And I, I think it feels like almost like today's version of you know, should your business be open source or not? There's always some debate about how you should do things in tech. And there's always going to be people who feel very, very strongly that there's always one right way to do things. And I am team context that it <laughs> depends on your business and personal context. Michelle, I think that's going to be my positioning for like the roaring multiple projects versus single focus debate. Oh, because yes. Oh. <laughs> I could just shout team context at them now because 
it, it's context really team. Hashtag team context. <laughs> this is what, whenever somebody is going to like troll or whatever, throw a throw a bomb on Twitter. Yes. Hashtag team context. I see you. You don't even have to like say anything else. It's just <laughs> that's it. So it's time. Let's talk about the book, Michelle. Deploy empathy. Um, <laughs> Can't avoid it. What made you write a book? Because this is a long, in-depth, specific book. I mean, do you want me to give the answer that I always give, which is that I had founders coming to me. They didn't know how to talk to their customers. They didn't know about their product strategy. They need to figure out how to figure out what people wanted and build the right things. Like, do you want that answer or do you want the answer that I have ADHD and I need multiple projects going on? That is the better answer. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth, right? That's an interesting nuance to the de- the debate of should you have multiple things. Are you ADHD? Okay, then that's like a good <laughs> level set for understanding why someone appears scattered from the outside. Uh, okay, so you you wanted something else going on. What made you pick? I, I, I'm not going to say I wanted something else going on. I would say I was... Yeah compelled right I, and it, maybe this is a kind of this, yeah it's it's an adhd or thing but it's like i don't choose which mm. passions and projects come at me like it's like they choose me and then i just i am along for the ride you know because you start working on something you're you're especially with the newsletter right started writing it people were reacting well to it they were finding it useful like you know sending it out in little bits as basically parts of chapters you know, sending it out right away meant that I was getting that dopamine hit of enjoyment and satisfaction out of it, like right away. Um, Why did you go from newsletter to book? I initially started with the idea of a book. I remember being out for a walk and, you know, thinking about how I had just sent off another founder, this really long, like kind of jumbled feeling email that was like, okay, so read the two chapters of this book here and then this blog post and then Mm. there's this podcast and then this talk is really good. And then that book over there, like, you know, it's not written for indie founders. It's written for product managers. So like when they talk about having tons of resources, like, you know, don't feel bad, like it's okay, you can still do like, and it was just like, Ugh, like I wish I could just hand them one book that would be mm. like soup to nuts, customer research, not just the discovery phase, but also ongoing research as well and, and churn and all of that. And also sort of very much rigorously grounded in the kind of resources that a product manager or a UX person would use, but written to be more approachable for people who don't come from product or UX backgrounds. No, And so so I had the idea to write a book. And then I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Everybody <laughs> I've ever talked to who wrote a book told me how lonely it was. I have a family. Like, I cannot lock myself in a closet with a typewriter every day from 4 to 6 a.m. to write a book for the next year. Like, that is not happening. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was in the middle of lockdown. And I was like, I don't need any more loneliness in my life. And then I kind of thought about it a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I heard about this newsletter thing that kind of lowers the pressure a bit. And it makes it social. Right. It doesn't have to be a lonely process like I and I think that's the fun thing about, you know, kind of doing indie businesses is you can see how things normally work and you can decide that you want to do it differently. Like, you, like OK, these are the rules that everyone else is playing by or these are the constructs and, 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 and methods that everyone else is using. And I'm going to make a conscious decision to change that and do something that's a better fit for me. I think that's one of the great advantages of being in being an indie hacker so I'm, I'm thinking of 
many indie hackers, builders, founders that would have never even considered customer interviews. And I will say me included, Michelle. I'm, I have a podcast. I'm like, how can I possibly speak to my customers about this or my listeners or my sponsors? And there'll be many founders that will be just building whatever feature they feel they want or they'll just get a feature on their feature board and they'll just go ahead and build it. I think it's more common like, okay, somebody reaches out to you with a feature request. Like, what do you do? Do you just go build it or do you tell them to screw off? How do you get information out of them? How do you get information out of them without getting them on the phone? That's probably the most common question I get because nobody actually wants to talk to anybody else. So how would you do that? Uh, There's ways to do it over email. There's a construction use, which is use polite framing. Use a word like context or background. And then instead of using why, use what led. So, for example, something to the effect of, I'm curious, could you just give me some context on what led to this idea? And then I found that you can actually, you can get like paragraphs back from people. You're not get as much as you would in an interview, but it's better than being like, oh, well, hold on, wait a minute. I guess I would have, if I, if I did that, then I would have to like change the database structure. And then this, yeah. like, like the, just like, don't, don't go right into implementation. That's not the question you ask first. It's why do they even need it in the first place? And then that'll give you some ideas. There might be something simpler you can do. I think everybody can probably benefit from understanding their users and their customers, clients better. And I think people are also often afraid to to be like, well, if I talk to my customers who are paying me, what if they like somehow decide that they actually hate me and they hate my product and it's terrible and they want to cancel. And mm. like, there's like this like poke the bear fear, which I think is very common and very normal. But more often than not, if somebody is consuming something that you have created, whether that is a podcast or a product or a service, they will want to talk to you about it, about why you are helping them and how and, you know, how you fit into their their life. You know, when I get off calls with my customers, yes, I get product ideas. Yes, I get thoughts about strategy and our competitive positioning. But the big impact is getting off being like, wow, like, we're really helping them. You know, and for us, it's like, okay, they used to spend a week wrangling all this data. Now it takes them 15 minutes. Or when I've talked to people who listen to the podcast, you know, they tell me how they listen while they're walking the dog or they're mucking horse stalls or dropping their kids off at school and like how it fits in their life. That not only makes me feel sort of valued as a creator, but it also helps me think of, okay, like how can we do things that you know, are a win-win for everybody. So for example, those conversations with our listeners and and helping to understand them led us to change our support model from advertising to being Mm. listener supported because most of our listeners, um, well, first of all, they told us they didn't like listening to ads. And then second of all, most of them are business owners themselves, um, whether it's a side project or full time. And I was like, you know what? Everybody likes SEO. Everybody wants better backlinks. And I was like, what if we basically do our own Patreon? And so people, you know, subscribe on a monthly or annual basis, and then they get backlinks from all of our episodes. This is a win-win for everybody. And the, the podcast is making more money than it ever did with ad support, and our listeners are happier. And so those conversations led to a win-win for both the business and our listeners. One final thing that I wanted to spend a couple of minutes just talking about, which is mental health as a founder. We like recorded a whole hour of this a year ago when I was at like one of the lowest points in my life I've ever been. And you were great in helping me understand a little bit more 
about why I was feeling that way. Now I'm feeling way better. I know you've gone through similar things. I wonder if we can talk about things that have helped you and how other founders and indie hackers can look after their own mental health. I'm happy to talk about mental health, but from my own experiences, because yeah. I'm not a therapist. And so it's it's not an area where I feel qualified to give advice. I think, you know, talking about customer interviews is sort of a medicine that people don't want to hear that they should do. I mean, therapy, quite frankly, is, mm. I mean, the greatest gift I ever gave myself. It's hard work, but it's worth it. Because people talk about mental health and they're like, oh, you know, drink eight gl- glasses of water a day and <laughs> go for a run and meditate. And it's like, yeah, but first of all, if you've got like underlying chemical challenges, like that's that's not going to help. Right. I mean, my first step is my husband. Like I live in this crazy head. He doesn't, you know, he sees it. So I can be like, hey, like, have I changed recently? And then we can kind of talk about it, which is actually one thing that, you know, led me to start on ADHD medication earlier this year, because he's like, you're leaving trails all over the house and you were baking and you not only did you start making another banana bread in the middle of making one, (laughs) but you also burned both of them, which is really (laughs) unlike you. And I was like, God, yeah, actually, I did. I did do that, didn't I? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize I was doing it. On the ADHD thing, I think we chatted about this before. I, d- I do see myself with tendencies, the really intense focus and then nothing, wanting to start things all the time, getting super messy. And I'm like, why can't I just be more more like level? Uh, yeah, I've never got it checked. And I think that's normal to be a little bit afraid about yeah. whether it's ADHD or depression or anxiety or whatever else somebody might have going on. Like you might really have this like sneaking suspicion about it, but it can feel scary to bring that up with someone. I think I think also because people are, many people are so used to being invalidated about how they're feeling, right? And, you know, maybe you worked up the courage to say to someone that you, you thought you were depressed or you thought you had anxiety and then they tell you, oh no, it's just everybody worries about stuff or everybody feels (laughs) sad sometimes. It's fine. Or everybody, you know, everybody's disorganized sometimes. It's fine. Right? Um... And also, I mean, we live in a neurotypical world, right? And I think all of your questions to me, they all sounded like, why can't I be normal? Yeah. And so we're afraid to be different and, and seen as less than, especially as deficient. And so I think this is why I talk about it, because I don't think there's anything deficient about being ADHD. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact of who I am. Well, B- Michelle, you've been... A fantastic guest. I could I could speak to you for hours about this stuff. I end every episode on three recommendations, a book, a podcast, and an indie hacker. First is a book I'm actually talking about on, on my show lately. It's called The Little Book That Builds Wealth. The other one, I have been really into this book, Charlie Wilson's War, where people might have seen the movie of it, but oh my God, the book is so much better. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, podcast. I love shorter podcasts. Yeah. And so I would say The Indicator from Planet Money. And then Indie Hacker Entrepreneur. I am a big fan of Marie from Llama Life. Yeah. You know, Marie is just, she's good people. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining this episode of Indie Bites. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, James. It was, it's always fun talking to you. You too.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Bites. A thank you to today's sponsor, Ramen Club, where you can meet like-minded founders. And before I go, there's three things I think you could be interested in. First is my new podcast with Dagobert Renouf called This Indie Life. Second is extended ad-free episode of Indie Bites with the membership. And third, if you have a podcast but editing takes up all of your time, drop me a message to help you out with my editing service, Podpanda. All links, of course, are in the show notes. That's all from me. See you next week. <laughs>